This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey, friends, thank you for putting this on your playlist. We really appreciate your listens and strive to give you the best when it comes to deep dives and honest and respectful discourse. I personally hope we're doing the job as Brad and I set out to do many moons ago when we decided to podcast together and as we make our way through the universe with you all. Our third and final show on my personal journey into representation. Today, we speak with the newest member of the Red 5 Network, Amanda from the Galaxy of Queers show. She's been following and listening to our show from the beginning and followed me from my pre-Scarif days when I strictly talked about Star Wars collecting. Big thanks to you, Amanda, for your trust and friendship. So last few weeks, we had some good discussions with friends Marisha and Yoshi. I really appreciate their candid discussions on what representation means to them. I recorded those interviews a little over a year ago, and I know that topic is always a hot-button topic. Having grown up pretty homogenized and surrounded by all sorts of colors and creeds, I never felt the need to want to see someone like me represented in movies. But as I've stated in last week's shows, I thought that the announcement of Diego Luna in Rogue One was kind of eye-opening to me as well as Yoshi as we discussed last week and how he reacted to Johnny Yen in the same movie. Interesting to be sure, so I hope you caught those episodes wherever you download your other favorite podcasts. This week I talk with Amanda and dive into representation as she sees it. We dove right into the infamous kiss in Rise of Skywalker and a whole lot more. Our third in a trilogy of sorts on representation, a candid discussion with friends. Thanks for listening. Okay, so here we are. Uh, I wanted to uh, sit and chat with Amanda uh, about this topic, and we just heard from uh, Yoshi and our good friend Marisha, and uh, they brought up some uh, very interesting points. Uh, I wanted to get uh, some different uh, points of view, as they say in the movies, but um, Amanda, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Rob. No problem. So I wanted to ask you, because it's one of, uh, it's something that, you know, growing up, I'll say it, growing up Mexican, Mm -hmm. um, it, it didn't dawn on me that, uh, you know, growing up watching movies or TV shows, it wasn't an issue for me not seeing other Mexicans on screen. Yeah. And um, and I don't know why. I, I know for, for a lot of people that I talk to and uh, some people that are my age or maybe a little younger, uh, and especially people that have kids who... I guess have a different point of view and tell me that, oh yeah, it, it, it definitely is important. And we talk about it, uh, with, with the kids, uh, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I, you know, I grew up not a low, not a, um, a, a, I guess, uh, my brother didn't, uh, come into the mix until later, uh, in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't an only child, but, uh, you know, I grew up 
with friends, but I didn't have any cousins or anything. So I kind of like, it was kind of like a solo gig for me for a while until Mm -hmm. my brother showed up. But it wasn't, you know, I like movies. I like TV shows. I watched everything. It's nothing that my parents talked about. And yeah, my parents watched, you know, Spanish language television, but it was usually just the news. Um, But for me, you know, movies, obviously because of Star Wars, movies were a big thing for me. And it just never... It never dawned on me um, until Rogue One. You've got uh, Cassian Andor, Yeah. yeah, played by Diego Luna. And that is really when I sat back and I said, oh, wow, that's really cool. There's a Mexican on screen. Yeah. But like I said, growing up, it's not like I I didn't feel like I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to get, you know, everybody's take on that. What What is your take on representation in media? Okay. Um, well, as everybody knows, I, I'm in the LGBT community. And as such, you know, I didn't come out of the closet, though, until about 19, 20 years of age. So growing up, you know, I didn't need that representation, if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, I hadn't figured it out yet. Um, and as a young woman, I would say it really didn't start to dawn on me until I kind of noticed more. And that's with age, you know, when you notice things more. But typically... It doesn't bother me that much, like with Star Wars specifically. Like, yes, I would love to see a character with my representation, but I feel like, you know, just getting the female characters, you know, like we've got Ahsoka, we've got Rey now, you know, we had Kira, um, Jin. Like, to me, those representations matter more than anything, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And... I guess sometimes there is a difference um, with representation to begin with. Mm -hmm. You know, I I started talking about Mexican actors and obviously there is no Mexico in Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. So you can't really, you know, it's kind of a a, a different scenario, a different animal. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the I guess the case of 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 the the sexuality aspect of it is Mm -hmm. intriguing to me because. You know, I, I guess you can have that type of representation in Star Wars. But for me, again, yeah, it it, it was more of, you know, is this going to be a really cool story that happened to have exactly. an actor of color? Um, I wasn't I think, really thinking. Yeah, go ahead. I think one of the really good stories of representation that has been done for the LGBT is Dr. Afra comics. Right. Like, yeah. That is more like. You know, you're getting to learn Dr. Afra. She's really a fascinating character. You know, she's got that kind of like grayness of working with the Empire and the Rebels, you know. And yeah, she is a lesbian, but it's not like, you know, like for for me, for example, in Star Wars, I think sexual orientation doesn't really have to be talked about because nobody cares. You know, it's just like it's acceptable in the Star Wars universe. Right. So you don't have to announce it. Or it doesn't have to sense. be. It doesn't have to be front and center. Exactly. Right. Because to me, in Star Wars, you know, that is not an issue, at all. Similar with like Star Trek, 
like in Star Trek, that's not an issue at all. You know, humanity has moved beyond that. And, you know, so I think like Dr. Afra is a prime example of a really good representation, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I love Dr. Afra, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't follow her comic book, you know, closely. I, I picked mm-hmm. up a couple of different um, uh, books, um, and there have been some crossovers between titles, but I haven't really mm-hmm. followed her. How long did it take for the uh, the creative team behind that comic book to to kind of slip in that uh, that aspect of of? It took a while. It took a while. Um, And it was very, it was done so well. Like, it was just like, like, you know, like just to, you know, her having basically a crush on somebody, you know. Right. A relationship. So, like, that's how it was kind of, like, played. It wasn't, like, this whole, like, coming out scene, if you get what I mean. Right. It was just, like, part of life and part of the storyline. Which, like I said, in Star Wars, I don't think you have to announce it at all. I think it's because... You know, in Star Wars, probably nobody cares. You know, there's. Yeah, and it it does seem like they should maybe take a, I guess a hint from a real life to, yeah. to some respect. I mean, you don't, you know, I don't walk into a room and say, "Hey, everybody, I'm Mexican." Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Like like I said, there's there's a great part of it in representation which dr afra does perfectly and then there's the whole like this is a futuristic world a different kind of society like take star trek another example you know it's a futuristic thing it's something that star trek characters aren't going to be going oh is that person gay because you know in star trek nobody cares they've moved on you know there's all this other stuff going on and th- those are actually great examples, uh, which will bring me to my next point. So, um, obviously, I love Star Wars, but I mm-hmm. also love Star Trek. And yeah. you and I are going to have a, a, a show specifically yeah. on Star Trek real soon. Yes. But um, tell me about what your experience is with the fandom and those story points. Um you know, same sex, diversity, that sort of thing in Star Wars. Because obviously, when we came to Rise of Skywalker, yeah, and um, we saw uh, two characters, same sex, share a kiss on screen. Mm-hmm. It seems like people like lost their minds for some reason, whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in Star Trek, and again, you know, I've been following Star Trek. I love the original series. Yeah. Um, I grew up with the, you know, in the nineties with, uh, next generation. So yeah, I'm very in- familiar with Roddenberry's, you know, infinite diversity, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, what have your, what has your experience been, uh, between the fans of star Wars and the fan of star Trek to boldly go where no man has gone before. Well, star Trek is. It's a whole different, like, you know, like some people can say Star Trek and Star Wars are similar. And to me, there's night and day, really, Um, because Star Trek is a lot more scientific. It's also, you know, like Gene Roddenberry's utopia idea of what humanity can become. So um, for the fans, so you mean like, are you saying like, are they like more inclusive or is there more like? 
Well, it seems like, yeah, it seems like I said, like, during Rise of Skywalker, when we got the the kiss, uh, Mm -hmm. just people were like, oh, my God, where I don't think uh, Star Trek fans would would even bat an eyebrow. Well, no, because, I mean, the first same-sex kiss in Star Trek, I don't know if you know this, happened in the 90s. It happened on Deep Space Nine um, between Jadzia, Dax, and a other troll character. That happened in the 90s. So, I mean, we're talking... I believe it's I believe it's early in Deep Space Nine too. I'm thinking like mm-hmm. season two or three. It's before the Dominion War storyline. Okay. And Star Trek did the first same sex kiss way back then. And that was just television. It wasn't even yeah. in the film. So exactly. that was groundbreaking to begin so, with. Yeah, it was groundbreaking and it's kinda like that whole thing of Star Trek has always been way more ahead and and of course it was also with a major character in Star Trek because Deep uh, Jadzia Dax is a major character on Deep Space Nine, while in the Rise of Skywalker, it's two minor characters I don't care about. Like I'm like I don't care about those people, you know. And so, be- because of that, was that something that that um, that you uh, had a problem with, uh, or w- give me your your two cents on that yeah. particular example? That particular example, it is not as groundbreaking as Star Trek. Like I just said, you know, like Star Trek nailed it out of the park with back in the 90s, Jed Zia Dex, very major character on Deep Space Nine. While Rise of Skywalker, the kiss was, it was just too put out there in front of me. It was just like to satisfy, if you get what I mean. It had no meaning. Like these are characters that nobody cares about. It was like a little two second blink and you miss it, you know. So it was kind of like, for me, like, I didn't care. I was like, okay, you know, like, I have no feelings for these characters. So, Do you, f- do you feel that the directors at that point were just kind of throwing a, a token uh, moment in there just to kind of yes. check a yeah. box off? Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's not, like I said, Star Trek has handled it better. Yeah. I mean, heck, Dr. Afra handles it way better. Mm-hmm. than what we saw in Rise of Skywalker. And, you know, I, I don't want to pigeonhole myself and say that Star Wars fans are less inclusive or less understanding of that sort of thing because obviously yeah, Star Wars has, are, you know... You know, Star Wars, as as a member of the fandom, I have not experienced any bigotry at all in the fandom. It has been, you know, I mean, yeah, we all have different political ideas, but nobody has come onto, like, my Twitter and, you know, called me you know a slur you know right yeah so well that's good to hear yeah i would say both fan groups are very open you know i haven't had any of that issue you know our podcast which is galaxy of queers everybody in it is a member of the lgbt nobody's gotten anything in fact the fandom's been very welcoming so very nice well that's Mm -hmm. uh that's awesome your call is very important to us Hey, Star Wars fans and friends of the podcast, don't forget to leave the guys a voicemail for a chance to be included in the discussion. Let them know what's on your mind. Call 773-234-8659. And that's the scuttlebutt. Um, yeah, so, again, you know, I wanted to talk to you about this because it's something that I've thought of for uh, quite a while. I started doing these interviews last year, but you know, mm-hmm. politically it was a little hot. Yeah, um, yeah. I had I had only interviewed Marisha and Yoshi, and I wanted to get you know kind of a 
a triad, not a dyad. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get a triad <laughs> of, 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 of uh, folks and friends to, to talk mm-hmm. about this. But, you know, it's interesting to me because now, obviously, as a father, um, you know, my, my son is 17 years old and, and we talk about all sorts of things. Yeah. My wife has, you know, uh, an education program and she talks to him as well. Um, but you know, you know, social issues in, in, in our lives, in our society's lives, our community's mm-hmm. lives, you know, are, are, it's something that's important to us. And yeah. I kind of, as a podcaster, Obviously, we, you know, both of us, we have this platform, we have a microphone uh, mm-hmm. to be able to kind of give our two cents and our opinions and things like that. And one of the things that I find fascinating is that we are uh, from different backgrounds, but yep. we kind of share a commonality, which to me, I, I find that fantastic. We may be yeah. different, uh, you know, our blueprint might be different, but mm-hmm. what's what's out here uh, is is very similar because of what we love and not because of what we hate. And obviously, you know, that, uh, that line that, um, Kelly Marie trans character, uh, what's I can blanking out on her name. Rose, 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 Rose yeah. Tico. Um, you know, from my favorite, uh, star Wars movie, <laughs> uh, you know, but it's, it's, you know, it's still, it's, it's interesting. And a lot of people, you know, take representation, uh, almost as a four letter word. Yes, very um, much so. Yeah, but I can, you know, I can tell you that, you know, I did see some uh, disgruntled people that reacted to Rise of Skywalker. Like you said, it was just yeah. kind of a token thing that was thrown in there just because, mm-hmm. um, and it was disingenuous. Yes, and I think that's one aspect of that scene that really, you know, ticked off a lot of people. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, it's one thing, like I said, it's one thing to be progressive and, like, want to be inclusive and have representation. But it's another thing to just, like, throw it in there to check, like you said, check off a box, you know? While if it had deep meaning or, you know, like, it somehow it developed in the plot of the story. Like, a lot of people um, think that, you know, if they had done it with a major character, for example... And it had been part of the story throughout the trilogy or something, then it would have had more meaning than just a two seconds you blink and you miss it moment. Right, right. And you know, hopefully, uh, you know, the only way that us as consumers uh, can change things is you know, kind of voting with our pocketbook. Exactly. Um, yeah. But you know, like I said, you know, we've got a platform and we've got a microphone and a camera that we use from time to time to create our content. And uh, I just wanted to discuss that aspect of representation with some friends. And uh, thank you very much for uh, for being uh, available to me to, to do that. It was no problem. I enjoyed talking to you about it. Any other final thoughts on that? I know, uh, you know, as soon as it, it always happens, as soon as I hit end broadcast, I'm going to have a couple of questions, but I wanted to give you the opportunity uh, to see if you had any final thoughts. Um, well, you know, Star Wars is a great property, and I think it is getting there with representation. Like I said, Dr. Afra, and who knows, you know, something really cool might come up in the new projects that we see coming soon. And I think that is where 
I really think the Disney Plus series is where I think we're going to see a lot more of a positive representation in the future. Excellent. Excellent. And I think, you know, it's got room to grow. Uh, mm -hmm. Streaming services uh, are afforded the ability to maybe experiment a little bit more, both, uh, you know, story-wise and, and themes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, everything that is coming out. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> that was a good one. That was, that was a good one. <laughs> oh man! But uh, speaking of which, uh, obviously you uh, you mentioned your podcast. I want folks to uh, I want folks to uh, you know find uh, out a little bit about you. You are one of the newest uh, Red Five members. Uh, why don't you give us your elevator pitch? Yeah, so uh, Galaxy of Queers is our new uh, podcast. It's a video podcast on YouTube. And we are a group of LGBTQ uh, hosts. And we are just basically a place for positive and just geeking out and talking everything nerdy. So we talk about Star Wars a lot. We talk about video games. We talk about movies, comics, you name it. Anything, basically. And it's a great positive place for people to just escape. We value all opinions and all different points of view. You know, we want a nice place where people can just gather together, geek out about anything and everything, and feel loved and appreciated. And that's exactly why you fit in with the Red 5 Network. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you. That's the scuttlebutt. All right, big thanks to Marisha, Yoshi, and Amanda for their willingness to talk to me on representation. I hope I didn't scare you guys off. Next week, we get back to our regular deep dives as we get to hear some coverage of the St. Petersburg Comic Con. I had the pleasure of hanging out with Charles from Conversations. We had a really great time. An awesome time talking to some folks on the floor, so please stay tuned for that. And... Shanti took the reins on spearheading a few shows coming up, including a deep discussion on the Twilight Zone with our friend and patron, The Frank. Look for him on the socials. And all hands on deck with a special show on the legend of pirates. Arg with Andy at Plusverb and Andrew from Coruscant Radio Underground. Stay tuned for those shows as well. We've got quite a roundup this January. We want to thank all of our listeners and especially our patrons for supporting our show and making sure we strive for the best content we can give you. Look for the rest of the Red 5 Network at red5network.com or scroll through the pinned tweet on the Red 5 Network Twitter, the only network with over 30 content creators providing you with the best of the best. Signing off, we'll see you next time on the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Remember, it's always sunny on Scarif, and that's the Scuttlebutt. <laughs>